Hello, folks. Welcome to The Ben Show. You know the phrase, catch back if you can. That's me, your host, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Back. As always, we love hearing from all of you. Comment, stories, ideas. You can get a hold of us anytime. Call or text 305-900-BEN. That is 305-900-2363. Or drop me an email at bendradioshow at gmail.com. We have a full show, everyone. Wild turkey recipe I'm going to share. Also going to be talking about the outdoors and the importance with the youth. Plus, Raylene Proto from Detelli Outdoors. She's sitting here waiting to jump on with us. My producer, sound engineer, and co-host, Jeff Tigger Earhart, is here. That's me. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, I think my personality... Is wearing off. Is wearing off. There's, if anybody has anything to complain, blame it on him. There's two egomaniacs in here now. How are we going <laughs> to... How are how, we going to move forward? How are we going to continue, yes, no surviving or any of our family and friends that have to deal with us? Oh, by the way, coming up soon, kind of putting a little thing in your ear here, Tigger. You know what's around what, the corner, around what, the bend? What is around the bend? What, next February is your birthday well, month? You, well, it <laughs> is. It you, is. If you want to start shopping now, I will not I be against this. that. I know but so that now. it's fair and you have been warned and you can't say I need to put this in your calendar. Yes. You have a few days yet. April okay. Fool's is just around the bend. You have been warned. April is coming up here, isn't it? I know. I'm still trying to figure out where March is, where March went. Gone. That's okay. Spring is sprung. We're in the spring. It has. Oh. Boom. Here's a quick PSA for everybody else. Also, if you haven't turned your taxes in yet, you better get on that. <laughs> cherry blossom trees are a treasure and associated with spring. Today's spotlight is on the National Cherry Blossom Festival going on now through April 17th in Washington, D.C. And for those wondering, this is governed by the National Park System. Oh, so this is serious business. Oh, here. it is. It is. And, and you know what? Pay attention here, Tigger, or anybody else that might be planning to attend. Before you decide to go and pluck one of these pink beauties, removing a blossom or branch is considered vandalism of federal property in Washington, D.C., which can lead to a citation or an arrest. So, okay, this is legit. It is. I don't want to be bailing you out, Tigger. I'm, that is why I'm, I'm like, bringing this up. I'm like everybody else that was like, what is she talking about? Going and picking a cherry off of a tree. I I should not question you. Good I should question, have learned, by the I way, have Tigger. By, have you ever, have you been able to get up close to a cherry blossom tree before? No, I have never. I have very seldom even seen fruit trees. Oh, that's right. You haven't. I was lucky enough to spend a lot of time in Michigan mm -hmm. and got to be around, mm -hmm. you know, cherry harvests and things I like that. I think that would be huge. That would be fascinating to well, see. Well, I can let really you know cool. they're very aromatic. They have a beautiful smell. What does that as mean? Well. They smell good. Why did you just say they smell good instead of <laughs> aromatic? See, kids, this is what it's like. That's they right. Who good. runs this show? <laughs> so cherry has. I guess cherries smell, don't they? Well, though well, they do. I mean, aromatic. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that the cherry trees smell like a cherry, but they don't. But during blossom time, but they do have the flowers do have a nice fragrance. So there you have it. Okay. By the way, everyone, for other places holding festivals, it doesn't just happen in D.C. There are other festivals. You can head to Georgia for the International Cherry Blossom Festival going on now. If you're in the West Coast, the Northern California Cherry Blossom Festival will kick off on April 9th in San Francisco. And otherwise, I suggest you Google for a festival location near you. This is legit. 
It is. Now, I challenge everyone, if you hear of something spotlight worthy, to send us those pics, info, and tag at the Ben Show on social media. You just might be our next spotlight shout out or even as a guest on this show. Sit back and enjoy the news. First, we head to Minnesota, where Wyatt Williams recently landed a panfish of a lifetime while ice fishing. The black crappie weighed in an incredible 3 pounds, 1.7 ounces, and was 17 and 3 quarter inches in length. Congrats, Wyatt. By the way, Tigger, your brother-in-law is the one who sent me this article. That's what Joe was talking about. Yes, he's a big-time fisherman out in Minnesota, he's Joe got is. got one mounted on his wall. I don't know what the size of that is. Uh, he, I think he said it was around a pound and a half or something like that. Oh, so, and, okay. So, so now this is like twice the size. This is legit. Yes, as Way you would go, say. <laughs> Speaking of fishing, by the way, getting a fishing boat or a pontoon on the Missouri River system in North Dakota this summer could be tricky due to low water levels amid prolonged drought. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers predicts spring runoff to be well below normal for the upper Missouri River Basin. Runoff in February was less than expected, and the agency expects the trend to continue in coming months. Work during previous droughts dating to the 1980s has resulted in a system of low water ramps, but officials need to find the money to get them operational. I bet it's not just North Dakota that's going through this. I bet there's going to be many other states that are faced with low, low, low water levels, and how, do, how are we going to launch the boats? You're absolutely right. You hear us talk about planning and preparing. This is a great example. Call ahead, get online, check to find out where you're heading with that boat before you plan on putting it in. That's why me and the missus, when we take out the kayaks, we just kind of <laughs> drive next to the bank and just kind of flop them in, throw them in. Oh, I thought that's why we use kayaks anyway. Well, there you go. <laughs> Colorado lawmakers are looking at the historic mega drought and considering passing a bill that would pay home and business owners to landscape with ornamental lawns, plants, and landscapes better adapted to the state's dry climate. An example would be rock gardens or turf versus grass. I like rocks. <laughs> I, I, no, oh, I, I, I like rock gardens. I like when the lawns is, if it was up to me, I'd cement the whole thing. Well, I if a person could Everything. afford to cement the whole Everything. thing, maybe we should throw that out there. But you and I both can appreciate rock landscapes. I, love, I really like rock landscaping. And, you know, I do give Colorado kudos on this, that they're thinking ahead and, and realizing this could be a long-term problem versus this is just one season that's going to be dry. Further west to California... Last month, U.S. Customs and Border Protection apprehended a man who is an American citizen that attempted to cross from Mexico back into the U.S. near San Diego with this. Get this, everyone. 43 horned lizards and nine. Yes, that's nine snakes all concealed under his clothes. I remember when you told me this. Oh, the agent stated that this was a significant smuggling attempt, removing a total of 52 bags of reptiles concealed under the man's clothing. Okay, so I, I know when you're when you're thinking of snakes and all that <sighs> stuff, you're we're thinking that probably just a little a little one, a little baby one in a little plastic bag. Well, you know me. Do you bag. think I went to look for pictures? <laughs> no, I did not go to see if there were any associated pictures with this news article. I thought hearing about it was enough. You're just not a lover of the snakes, are you? The <laughs> reptiles, you're just, you're out in every way, shape, and form. 
After the break, folks, spring hunting is around the corner. We talk starting out young and about camo. Stay where you are. Hey guys and gals, this is John Armand with Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV. Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV travels the back roads to the backwaters in pursuit of the ultimate adventure in hunting and fishing. Join Team UOA every week for exciting action in the crosshairs of the outdoors. Catch Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV on YouTube, Amazon Prime, and make sure to follow Team UOA on Facebook and Instagram to share in the ultimate outdoor adventure. Last year, we got to meet Rob, Todd, and Jason, the crew from Wabalo Creek Outfitters, and hear about their hunts. So, Rob, what can we expect on a hunt with Wabalo Creek Outfitters? We're a family-style hunt. We have bunk rooms where there's twin beds in every room. We can accommodate up to about 12 people. We have plenty of showers, plenty of bedrooms. All your bedding is included, all your food. Most people who come and hunt with Wabalo Creek Outfitters, you come as a client, but you kind of leave as family. And most of our hunters have come back five, six, since we've opened and hunted with us every year. Sure, they want you to have a hunt of a lifetime, but it is more important for Wabalo Creek Outfitters to have a personal connection with each person. Book your hunt today. Head to WobloCreekOutfitters.com. That is W-E-A-U-B-L-E-A-U, Wobolo, located in southwest Missouri for your next turkey or whitetail hunt. And don't forget, be sure to tell them Beck from the Bend sent you. Welcome back, folks. As mentioned before break, spring turkey season is here or just about to be depending on your location. And with turkey hunting comes camo. Here to chat with me about getting involved in hunting early on as youth and how the lasting impressions can make an impact on our lives down to careers or future businesses is lifelong hunter, mom, and co-founder of the hunting apparel company, Detali Outdoors, Raylene Proto. Thanks for jumping on here with us, Raylene. How did you become such an outdoor enthusiast? Well, I didn't really have a choice. So being uh, the only child of an outdoorsman, yeah, he just got me out there. There was no questions about it. My dad has been hunting probably his whole life and fishing, and it's his passion. And when I got to the age of being able to just be able to hold a fishing pole, he was like, all right, we're doing this. Like, you're out there. You're going to be baiting your own hook. I'm going to show you how to do this. And it just kind of escalated from there. I was about, I think, four years old when he came back from rabbit hunting and I was sitting on the back porch with him, very intently watching him as he walked me through verbally and showing me how to clean a rabbit. I, I was always fascinated with it. And the older I got, the more things I wanted to do with him. So it really was just our special, like, daddy-daughter bonding time. Really sounds like this was a good foundation for both of you. And I'm going to jump in and, and talk about this a little bit more because I can completely relate with you. My dad was an outdoorsman too. Yes, we have the cattle ranch and all of that. Believe yeah. me, I grew up wrangling cattle and doing the whole nine yards. But the outdoors and hunting for us in some ways was that downtime. Yes, we're still yeah. outside, but it was that time to bond. Yes. Yeah, it really, really was. We would take 
you know, just private fishing trips with the two of us or maybe with my uncle and cousin and just go off and do daddy daughter father day weekends, like all kinds of all kinds of things. When I got to the age of being able to, well, I don't even know if I was of age. I think he just wanted to see if I wanted to just we lived in the desert of California. So we lived in the middle of nowhere in Phelan, California. So we could just walk off our property and walk for miles and there's no one around. And at nine is when he introduced me to archery, which is my passion. Bow hunting is, is my passion. And my dad also had a rule of you must play a sport. And I wasn't really interested in anything at that time. So he set me up in the backyard, kind of went over the fundamentals, and I ended up having just a natural skill set for it. And he just looked at me and said, you know, this is a sport, right? And I was like, cool. He's like, do you want to do this, like compete and shoot? And it's absolutely. So and from there, it was off the races with my bow. That's fantastic because that's one of those things I look back on and not just with myself, but now I look at the next generation. I talk about my nephews a lot Mm -hmm. on the show. And that is one thing that we've been instilling in them as well to kind of grow up the way we did of getting outside is where you release, you relax, it helps your mental well being, how how often we get so stressed out with everything that's going on. And I joke a lot about on the show about needing that time to unplug. And with you saying that, you know, how archery uh, worked out great for you for the competitive side, that that's absolutely the truth. You know, I look at the next generation and people are going, huh. And all I'm talking to is, is you don't just necessarily have to have kids. You can be looking down your neighborhood, or maybe there's some friends of yours that have kids and you want to be that standout mentor to them, but to get the next generation involved in archery or say trap shooting, that's another great one. You can do your entire life. Yes, for sure. I have an eight year old. So Needless to say, the minute he could hold a fishing pole uh, is when we were out there with him, my dad and I, and he loves, the fishing is his jam, it's his thing. He loves to do it any any moment in time. He's even told me a few times, do I have to go to school? Can we just go fishing? I'm like, nope, buddy, it, we got to go to school. Sorry. And he has a little youth set um, bow that we shoot in the backyard. And so yeah, we definitely, as much as we can, get outside and I'm fortunate enough to live in an area where we have day hiking areas that we can go. And when it gets a little, a little too wound up in the house, I leash up the dog and grab him. And, you know, we head out. Raylene also isn't just an avid hunter and whatnot. She has come out with her own line of clothing. And, you know, this has got to have passed have been quite the, quite the experience <laughs> unless you're unless you were familiar or you had done this before, but uh, tell us a little bit about what your company is and what are you offering. The Telly Outdoors is a technical apparel company for women that basically focuses in hunting in the outdoors. So we're creating garments for women that actually work with their body type. So me <clears throat> being an avid hunter and having this problem of having to shop in the men's department to find what I need. What's on the market for women right now for me doesn't necessarily work for me. I started getting really frustrated and reached out to my community of women hunters and kind of got a feedback of, yeah, if you could fix it, please let me know how. I didn't know how. I just had an idea. I took the idea basically to um, an accelerator who actually helped me create a business. So now we are manufacturing pants at the moment, some incredible, incredible pants with functional pockets, waist adjusters, basically that 
pants that work for you. So clothing that actually works as you fluctuate, lose weight, gain weight, different heights. It uh, keeps you, you know, they're a mid-season pant, so they keep you warm, but they do keep you cold in the summer. They wick, they, wick, they are water resistant. Uh, they have some really cool features. You can get on our website and check them out. But we're also adding to that as well with an amazing base layer system that's made out of um, hemp. It takes away odor. It works away sweat. It has some really cool technology into it, and it's sustainable. It's made here in the U.S., so we're excited about, uh, about that feature. And we're going to be adding um, some more things to the assortment as well, such as a puffy jacket, a three-quarter inch, and some tech tees as well. That's exciting. And congratulations on doing something like that. Because again, you're stepping outside your normal boundaries. And that is really exciting. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It all starts with focusing on the customer. So we, we work with the customer first, and then we build. American made and customer feedback comes first. Heck yeah. Raylene, thanks for being with us today and hope you know I plan on us having more discussions down the road. Those interested in the new clothing line by Detali Outdoors, head to detalioutdoors.com. That's D-I-T-A-L-E outdoors.com. Stay with us, folks. After the break, we make our final bend. We've all probably been in a situation where we needed to make a phone call and couldn't because we didn't have signal or reception. We couldn't get a text out, a message, nothing. It can be downright scary when it feels like we're cut off from the world and a person needs to be located or we need to locate someone. That's where Atlas Tracks comes in. Atlas Tracks owner, Carolyn Stash. It's called Atlas Tracks. We handle GPS trackers. We recently added safety products, so life rafts and satellite phones and all marine electronics. So it's beacons, safety gear, tracking devices that I can use anywhere? Absolutely. It's everywhere. I have personal beacons that people take hiking. I take mine skiing. Guys are taking them backcountry in Montana. So I do have people going deer hunting for days. They'll take them on their ATVs. But it's for every outdoor adventure, sport, needing to be located when you're out of cellular range. Head to atlastracks.com. That's tracks with an X, Atlas Tracks. The hunt is planned. The guide is booked. The trip is blocked off in the calendar. But one huge detail remains, preserving that trophy, creating a memory that will last a lifetime. Little Rack Taxidermy has that fast, friendly service to fulfill your taxidermy in a timely, professional manner. Reach out to Heather with Little Rack Taxidermy through Facebook at Little Rack Taxidermy or send an email to heatherjoe23 at hotmail.com. Little Rack Taxidermy, bringing back the natural look. Shooting ducks, skinning bucks, I'm a hunting princess in a pickup truck. With all of the excitement around spring wild turkey season and the warmer temps that we're having, I thought this was the best time or no better time to start sharing some of those wild turkey recipes. This here I'm going to share is for grilled marinated wild turkey breasts. Now just to note, this marinade will take 24 hours. So if you're wanting to serve this for supper, make sure you note that you have to do this the day before. Here are the ingredients. Boneless breast meat from one wild turkey. You'll need two-thirds cup soy sauce, one cup brown sugar, a quarter cup lemon juice, a third cup honey, one teaspoon minced garlic, lorry seasoned salt, and a meat tenderizer like Adolph's. Now to prepare this marinade and to get the turkeys ready, first 
Slice the breast meat lengthwise to create fillets that are about a half inch thick or so. Make a marinade by combining the soy sauce, brown sugar, lemon juice, honey, and garlic in a mixing bowl. Sprinkle the fillets with the seasoning salt and meat tenderizer, then transfer the meat to a Ziploc seal plastic freezer bag. You're going to pour that marinade into the bag with the turkey and seal it up. Be sure to turn and coat all the pieces of the meat, and then you're going to refrigerate this for 24 hours. How easy is that? The next day, you can remove the turkey fillets from the marinade. Be sure to drain and then have your grill nice and hot and ready. Aren't we all ready for grilling season? I know I am. You're going to grill this over a medium hot fire for approximately 10 minutes per side or until done to taste. Now, let us know how this turns out for you. We love hearing from you and how our recipes either can make your day extra special or how you might be enjoying it with somebody else. Here's one more tip. You can enjoy it with Mickey's mustard for dipping as well. You want this recipe? I'll be sure to be sharing it on the Ben Facebook page this week. If you're like us, you're starting to tighten that belt. Things in the news, all of that has you looking at your expenses, looking at your budgets. And, you know, we mentioned at the beginning of the show from drought and now to even I'm talking about fuel we might prices. Ha- we might have to get gas, our own diesel. Netflix account. <laughs> Remember how they said on the news that they're no longer share Netflix moms? accounts. Oh Not God. that we've been doing that at all. Wink, wink. <laughs> but, you know, Tigger, you and I have even started to look at our plans have changed since the first of the year. I think all of us started the new year with aspirations of and bucket lists of where we're going to go, what we're going to see, how None far we're going to travel. fuel to be where it's at, food prices to be where it's at. No, proteins are going through the roof, and it's not just the proteins either that are rate rising. Just food. Just food in prices, general. Food costs are going up, energy costs, a little bit of everything is going up. Yes. You're absolutely right. And when, especially when you go to fill at the pump, I think we've all had many heart attacks when we saw that bill. We filled, um, I know we talked about it on Ranch It Up, but diesel was uh, 502. We drove by a gas station. This was in town, though, that it was mm-hmm. at 502. But we filled diesel over the weekend and we put in, I don't know, I'd have to look at the picture, 24, 25 gallons. And it was like $103. It was the most I've ever filled that truck with, with diesel. It was well over a $100 bill. Absolutely. That's for sure. To put diesel in. So I know if you're like us, you're starting to look. And, you know, I'm kind of interested to hear what your, everyone out there, what your plans, are they changing? Because we were listening to our local news the other night, and they actually posed the question too, saying, are your plans starting to change, shape up differently due to all of these, you know, incurred prices. Especially in regards to people that are pulling campers. Yes. Are yes. you keeping the camper at home and going to be doing some different things? And when you bring that up, I've heard a little bit of chatter too on the news waves about folks that, you know, maybe full-time RV and are pulling the really big rigs saying, you know, are they starting to maybe cancel some of those reservations that they were so happy to mm-hmm. finally get a reservation because right. for two years you haven't been able to get into some of these campgrounds because they book up so quickly to now start double checking with these campgrounds that usually are saying they're full because they expect some of these people to cancel because that's just a lot of miles to be traveling. That's for sure. So where we're going with this is... Like Beck said, if you're like us, you're probably going to be sitting at home just a little bit more. You might not be going out and going out Mm -hmm. and eating as much. So 
over the next few months going through the summer, so I'm getting all excited about that, <laughs> we're going to have some different creative recipes of what can we can we do more with less? What can we do at home when we're when we're you know shutting the vehicles down and getting out of, of the tractor, getting out of the tractor instead of you know heading heading off of the uh, the farmstead and going doing something? Are there things we can do at home? What are those recipes? How can we get a little bit more creative? In other words, uh, making making things stretch just a, a little bit more. While still filling that cup where we're still getting out in the outdoors, you know, getting our fresh air, enjoying and sharing these moments with your family, the kids, you're having your garden. We're going to start sharing all these different lifestyle things that kind of keep you closer to the place. I'm going to be hibachi cooking because I got the hibachi out. I moved it up to the front of the shop, so I'm ready. I'm ready. But as for Tigger and I, we'll still be traveling around the bend. See how I did that, Tigger? I, I see how you did that. If you have a field update, a topic we should investigate, or have a tale of your own to share, send it this way. Call, text 305-900-BEND, that is 305-900-2363, or email bendradioshow at gmail.com. Social media, remember, we're everywhere. Facebook and Instagram, follow at, that's A with the circle, The Bend Show. Thank you to my producer, sound engineer, and co-host, Jeff Tigger Earhart, and to Raylene Proto from Detali Outdoors, Remember, head to DetaliOutdoors.com for their latest outdoor apparel. Again, that's D-I-T-A-L-E Outdoors.com. As y'all make your new memories now for 2022, be sure to keep sending in those pictures by email and always tagging at The Bend Show on social media. Hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, to ranching, farming, to your rural way of life. We want to see it all. We want to see and hear those memorable moments. Missed this episode? Find all our shows on the website, thebendshow.com, and be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Booking 2022 and 2023 events now. Change things up and have us, Beck and Tigger, help you with your event. From MCs to entertainment to acting as host couple, let us make your gathering extra special. Thank you to our partners, Atlas Tracks, Little Rack Taxidermy, Mickey's Mustard, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, Wolf Auctioneers, Ultimate Outdoor Adventures TV, Wobbolo Creek Outfitters, Ranch House Coffee, RFT TV, and the Cowboy Channel. Finally, a big thanks to all of you listeners out there that came along. Keep up with me back all week long by following The Bend on Facebook and on Instagram at The Bend Show. This is Rebecca Warner, and remember to catch Beck if you can next week on The Bend. The Bend.